Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal, who's currently fleeing some bookies across the state of Florida. I hope you managed to escape their clutches, Bill. I'm, I'm in a car driven by a friend and going to a couple of meetings in Florida, and I've managed to escape Washington, <laughs> where I think it was minus two degrees overnight. So. Well, one person who a has... Warmer, a little warmer and nicer down here. I can see why people move to Florida, why its population has been doubled in the last three <laughs> decades or whatever it is. Well, well, Bill, I want to ask you about, you're talking about escaping things. Will the Republican Party be, ever be able to escape the storyline of Republican says something of questionable wisdom uh, and then media, you know, a horde is unleashed and every Republican in the country who's thinking about running for president is forced to add, answer pointless, inane, off the point or problematic questions? Well, it depends how the Republican candidates handle that. Sometimes that's an opportunity. You know, you say something that's true. Maybe slightly overstated, but basically true. And then the media goes nuts, and then it amplifies what you said that a lot of people agree with, and it can end up helping you as a candidate, I think. So uh, Rudy Giuliani says uh, President Obama doesn't love America the way most of us do. Is Do you agree with him? I don't know. It's just, I try to avoid these kind of psychological statements or reading people's minds, but I think it is fair to say that he doesn't have the same view of America that George W. Bush had, that Ronald Reagan had, and I would say that Bill Clinton had. And incidentally, I think Barack Obama had said versions of that himself. That was part of his campaign, after all. And, and he certainly is very clear that he's very, you know, he talks to Americans about Americans. He thinks we're all on the verge of, of it, it becoming or being intolerant bigots. We have our God and guns, and, you know, it's just a miracle that we don't, that we're not just uh, on rampages across this country persecuting minorities, etc. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I think it's a fair point to make that he has a certain view of America. Probably less important than actually talking about what he's doing in terms of public policy at home and abroad. But the idea that Rudy Giuliani says this, and what was it, a kind of private fundraiser, wasn't it? I guess it wasn't that private if it got out, but a fundraiser to Scott Walker, and people go nuts and crazy, and this is horrible. What's the, if he can say it, it's no big deal. I imagine a lot of people, certainly a lot of Republicans, would agree with Rudy Giuliani on this. Uh, then Rudy chose to kind of double down, going back out on the cables and saying, not only am I not going to apologize, I'm going to restate it. And then he added to it, I'm not questioning the president's patriotism, which is a little tough. <laughs> Circle to square. <laughs> I'm not questioning his patriotism. I'm just saying he doesn't love America. Oh, okay, Rudy. Yeah, well, he's, he's patriotic. He's just not in love with the place. I mean, kind of vaguely likes it or respects it. I don't know. Look, Rudy can be a troublemaker. Like, Rudy's a pretty successful and experienced politician. And I do think he you know, he's probably just enjoying this. He doesn't have too much in the way of ulterior motors. But a little bit of me thinks, you know what? I bet deep back in the back of his mind, Rudy Giuliani's thinking, please look at the publicity I'm getting saying this. I was a pretty darn good mayor of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty tough on war and terror type issues. It's kind of the mood of the country right now, probably tough leadership. I wonder if deep down, Rudy's thinking, maybe I'll run in 2015, 2016. Wow. Is that crazy idea? He's not that old. He ran a horrible campaign in 2007, 2008, but people forget before the actually bad campaign, people thought he was a very credible Republican right. presidential nominee. Uh, I just wonder if that's bumping around in the back of Rudy's mind, which would be fun, you know? Well, here's my objection to what Rudy Julian said, and I was a Rudy Republican in 2008 and before I saw him actually running. <laughs> that kind of took some of the, right. some of the joy out. But the, I have two problems. One is... I know who goes around questioning the motives of people when you're debating policy, and that is Team Obama. Their answer to everything, even for today, perfect example, 800,000 people are going to have their tax 
returns delayed because the healthcare.gov is such a mess that they've been given the wrong information. You want to debate that, and the answer is you just hate Obama. You you don't like a black president, or you you know you have a, some hatred or some you're you're suspect. You Tea Partiers are suspect about you know the America you want in your views. That's what Team Obama does. Having Rudy Giuliani say the problem with Obama is his attitude, his affections, his patriotism, as opposed to these hideous policies. I just think that's a mistake. And the second thing, Bill, and you know this, the Republican brand has a problem. And the bald white guy screaming, look at the president, he doesn't love America. I just don't see how that is going to help the GOP brand. In fact, it reinforces the problems we already have. So those are my two problems. No, and you put your volume right. If Rudy actually were running, I'm sure people like you would be correctly counseling him not to say it, but he's at this point more like a commentator and sure. speculating about uh, President Obama's uh, psychological, you know, his attitude toward uh, his country, but he's, uh, he's a leader. Uh, maybe he shouldn't do it, but you know what? I, there's also a way in which he's saying things that a lot of people are wondering about, a lot of people. And, and again, it's not entirely illegitimate, but he does have a... I mean, if you love America, that's the right formulation. He doesn't have the same view of America's role in the world. I think that's pretty unquestionable. Does he have the same view of American history that Bush or maybe Clinton and Reagan and Johnson and Kennedy, pretty much all of them have had? I mean, I, so I, I think there are ways that Rudy might have said it better. But I think he's tapped into something. And I don't know, Rudy's a pretty f- a formidable debater. I, you know, he may not be saying quite what he should be saying, but I wouldn't want to sit across the table from him and engage him on it in 20 minutes. I think he might, he might win that debate, you know? That's, that's true. He might, but I, I would, because I just think this is the, we've got a real opportunity. It seems to me in 2016 to have a Republican candidate who is all about policies and outcomes for people, particularly the piece of the middle class that has, you know, still has lower household incomes than they did when Obama took office. And if we can have that team, if we can be the team of people who work for a living and avoid the kind of conversations that, as a talk radio host, Bill, I love because it gives me stuff to talk about. But from a governor's standpoint, all I can see, you know what I saw when I saw this, Bill? I saw millions of my uh, center centrist friends rolling their eyes and going, oh my gosh, even Rudy Giuliani is in the Ted Cruz angry white guy club. This Republican Party, forget about them. Yeah, so maybe that's why Rudy should just stick to commenting and not run. I, I'll withdraw my earlier quasi endorsement of him for, 20, <laughs> for 2016 under your under your under your rhino influence here. But the um, but you know what? I totally agree, of course, with the first thing that you said. You and I have been saying this for a while, and I the editorial on the new issue that you may have seen is up online. I, I do. I'm actually alarmed. Besides the going lines, I think that you suggest, which is uh, so that they CNN asks. Kind of interesting question. Who do you think better represents the past or the future? Do you right. think the following politicians better represent the past or the future? It's a little bit of a weird question, and so you can't trust it too much. But what's really striking is all the Republicans, uh, more people think they represent the past than the future, including a young Republican like Scott Walker. Hillary Clinton, 5048, future over past. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone who's more from the past than Hillary Clinton? And some, some of that might be that she would be the first woman president, so she gets a sort of you know, automatic, you might sure. say, uh, you know, future stamp on that. But I think it does represent a problem for the Republicans, the fact that they don't, they haven't succeeded yet in moving beyond the criticism of Obama to a future-oriented policy agenda. And I'm a little worried about the candidates I see out there. There's not much yet in the way of a bold, uh, as I say, forward-looking, policy-heavy agenda. I think this really has to be a policy-heavy election. In that respect, I kind of agree that Giuliani's thing is a is a distraction. It's not going to be won. The presidency is not going to be won by the Republicans on attitude, on personality, I suspect. 
Um, I think if it, if it becomes a small ball election, I suspect people think, you know, Hillary's pretty experienced, pretty tough, first woman president. That's kind of kind of neat. Maybe we'll just stick with her. Um, Republicans really need to say, here's what we're going to do with health care, uh, in higher education, in foreign defense policy, and say it was so specific. Now, it's very early, so obviously but there's plenty of time for Scott Walker, Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, whoever you want to lay that out. But I'm a little worried they're kind of they're lapsing into sort of campaigning as normal, and I'm worried that campaigning is more as normal becomes losing as normal next year. Exactly, and uh, the most disturbing number of those uh, Republicans you mentioned on the forward or backward, for, forward or past uh, number, Jeb Bush, sixty-four percent, I think it was to thirty-two percent. And I don't know if you saw the Quinnipiac poll that showed that it, when people were asked, does it bother you that Hillary is the former first lady? Their husband was president, you know, and, and her connection to the past. It was about a 10-point margin, negative. It was definitely not a positive for her. But for uh, Jeb Bush, it was a 25-point margin, negative. And so it's yeah, it's hard to talk about the future when your your dad was part of the brand in 1980. You know, I very much agree with that, and it's unfair, perhaps. But and I do think Republicans are kind of kidding themselves, or kidding ourselves, or have been kidding ourselves a little bit. Uh, well, the Clinton's dynasty, Bush's dynasty, so it's all off the table. The problem of being the third Bushes kind of not a problem. A, she's the first woman that gives her kind of special standing. But B, being the wife of a former president, I mean, she she is a capable woman in her own right. No one doubts that. She uh, went to law school as a lawyer. She was Secretary of State. We can all criticize what she did as Secretary of State, but people are pretty used to couples, both of which, you know, the husband and the wife are both professionals, and they have careers, and that's really what the Clintons look like to people. So I don't think it hurts her that much to be, to have been first lady. It makes her a little bit I think stale, kind of, in terms of being a political face, and I think it's a problem for Jeb Bush. It's just a whole different thing when your father was president of the United States and then your brother was president of the United States. That literally is a dynasty. Doesn't mean he wouldn't be a good president. I you know, have many friends who like him, know him, like him well, know him well, like him, and respect him. Think he would be a good president, but it, it, yeah, it, he has a bigger hurdle to overcome as the third Bush than Hillary Clinton does as the, the wife of Bill Clinton. We can't finish up this wrap of the week, uh, Bill, without talking about the not one but two pretty either amazing or puzzling speeches by President Obama uh, around the conference on violent extremism, generically expressed. I I watched them both, and I I came away like a lot of the other commentators I saw on my Twitter timeline. What was that? So the, uh, we have Islamist murderers beheading and killing people, and so the number one issue of concern is Islamophobia. That, that apparently is the, the, the storyline. It's pretty amazing. I didn't watch them. I'm not quite up to that degree of, you know, uh, masochism or whatever, but you're Fifty Shades of Grey kind of guy. You know, exactly. We'll leave that aside for maybe not appropriate for the podcast. The, um, <laughs> I did read I did read. I, I read what he said. I read, I read about what he said. You know what's amazing about the whole thing? I'm not one of those people who thinks we have to obsess about Islam and about how Islam right. has a, a, a proclivity to violence. Some of that may be true, incidentally, but I don't know that the President of the United States has to speculate about one way or the other. He has, all he has to say is there are these brutal murderers, they're, they threaten us, they're killing, and he hopes for a decent Middle East, and we need to go out and let's have a policy discussion about what we do to them. What's amazing about Obama, so for me, it's not that he doesn't say what I might personally think about if I gave my deep analysis of uh, the history of the religion of Islam and its current, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, sects and sure. kind of tribulation, you know, trials and tribulations, and so forth, 
What's amazing is that he feels obliged to lecture us the other way, as you were saying, that he has to wag his finger at us and warn us against Islamophobia and ludicrously pretend, you know, that this, to be discussing Islam in a way that's just kind of a comic book or fairy tale version of it. Um, and why? What does he tell? What's the what's the point of that? I mean, what we're going to do if he doesn't give us this lecture, right? You know, are people moving in state legislatures across the country? A whole bunch of intolerant Islamophobic legislation? I don't think so, really. You know, I mean, is, is our foreign policy being distorted somehow by a dislike of Islam? If anything, it's been the opposite over the last ten years of bending over backwards, obviously. So, it it, it does. This gets back to Rudy Giuliani, weirdly. I mean, I think when you hear him distort his own message in such a weird way to say what he said. That's what leads people like Giuliani to say what he said. No, I agree that uh, I, I think getting the business of questioning people's patriotism is both uh, wrongheaded and self-destructive. But if there ever has been a prominent politician who has begged the question, it's President Obama from 20 years in Reverend Wright's church to this odd suspicion he's casting at the victims of Islamist terror. You know, it's almost as though he's saying, stop, in, you know, stop inciting them. Stop talking about their religion. You know, you're making them do this. You're, they're, they're so worried about Islamophobia, they're coming to kill you. I'm going, what are you talking about? The killing was here long before the average American knew anything about Islam. Totally. And if you ask the Americans today, they would say, hey, you know what? They're totally, you know, people should practice whatever the religion they want. Just leave us alone. If we're not Muslims, if we have Muslim neighbors, fine, they do whatever they want. I mean, people are very um, live and let live about this. The problem is, as we can say the least, um, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Iranian-backed terrorists are not living and let living. They're, they're not letting us live. They're not letting uh, the people that their neighbors live. Uh, and that's a fair and present danger. And yeah, really, would be good. Bush got made this mistake too. Though, be a very good idea if presidents just confined themselves to dealing with facts and policies and sort of what we have to do, and did not think they should give us big sociological lectures about the attitudes we should have towards other people. Yeah, and it's also interesting when a guy from America is lecturing to people in the Middle East who live Islam every day. You're doing it wrong. I really know Islam. Yeah. Trust me. You know, these Iranian mullahs who run Iran and they've been studying nothing but the Quran their entire lives. Right. Ah, they're pikers. Let me tell you how it's supposed to go. I know. It's just, and I think people over there think it's farcical. Whatever side they're on. I mean, exactly. Friends, it doesn't reassure our friends <laughs> from you saying this. They just look at them and think, well, this guy's just like totally out of touch. One one last question. Uh, Academy Awards are Sunday night. The big question people are asking is American Sniper, which may end up being the biggest grossing movie of the entire year. It's already in third place and it's still in theaters. Uh, will they get a single award, even one of like the whatever sound credits or whatever? Will they get a single award from Hollywood uh, Sunday night for American Sniper, Bill Crystal? I mean, you know so much more about this than I do. Honestly, I'm so out of touch with popular culture and the Oscars, and what do you think? I, I read somewhere today someone making a contrary and think that they will actually, the American Cyber will actually win the best picture. No, I, I think they'll get literally nothing. I think that it's so easy wow. for Hollywood, particularly the ballots came out and the controversy was going on at that time, you know what I mean? So you got it in your hand. Mm-hmm. The safe thing to do for a good politically correct liberal, just don't pick. You, got, you can pick anything else. You got all kinds of other movies to pick. So you don't have to affirmatively choose something better than it, you know, one-on-one. You can just pick something else and that, that temptation is too great for Hollywood. I pick there'll be a total lockout, and America will shrug the shoulders of Hollywood yet again and say, you still don't get it. 
this will be a good topic for uh, for Monday for Monday discussion, right? Absolutely, and we'll get someone who knows movies. So don't worry about Bill. You're yeah, you're off Monday, Bill. Take right. the day. And <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for your time. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.